Blog Talk Radio. Thank you for subscribing to 28 Days of Glory, daily segments of biblical principle taught by the Right Reverend LaVon and Reverend Selena Breland. Good evening, Urban Glory Radio listeners. This is Selena Olivia, one of the leaders here at Urban Glory Campaigns. We are ecstatic that you are listening again another evening in 28 Days of Glory here on Urban Glory Radio. The listening uh, numbers have spiked significantly. We are hearing from many of you about the content and uh, the excitement. We are we are excited as well. And there are many more great um, ideas that will be implemented this year on Urban Gore Radio. Also, as we prepare to launch a 24-hour network that you'll hear more about in future broadcasts, Contact us, Urban Glory Campaigns at gmail.com or call us at 202-630-4UGC, 202-630-4842. And give us your information and we'll contact you uh, back and let you know of upcoming events and campaigns that will be launched and released by the ministry. Stay tuned for an amazing message from Reverend LeBron Breland, and contact us. Let us know how you enjoy the broadcast. We will have materials that will be coming out to you. Also, I uh, will be available to you for you to take notes and have various workbooks and things of that nature. So stay tuned. Here's Reverend Breland. Well, this is the day that the Lord has made. I'm rejoicing and we're glad in it. Let everyone know um, that we are on live. And we are ready to study the word of the Lord again. Truly, the word of God is blessed. Amen. Now, we have been on the boot camp series, and we're going to pick up. And um, we have a lot of information. We're never out of content. But... Um, we have a lot of information to cover. There was a portion of the series that I began called Breaking the Code, and I want to go over a part of that again and expound where we left off. So let's pray and get right into the lesson. Father, we praise you and thank you for this day, knowing that this is the day that you have made and rejoice in the grand. We thank you for another opportunity to worship you in spirit and in truth. It is the authority of your word that gives <laughs> It is the authority of your word that gives me confidence to make bold and known the mysteries of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. I do lean and depend on the Holy Spirit as educator and guide to give me clear articulation of speech and deliberation of thought as I make manifold known the wisdom of God. Holy Spirit, I say, have your way. Do what only you can do. Anoint the people's ears to hear what the Spirit has to say to the church. And Father, and everything that shall be accomplished and revealed, you be glorified. For it is in the name of the Lord Jesus that we do praise you and give you glory. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Amen. The Bible is the believer's uh, uh, reference to us living a God quality of life. 
And as we study the word of God, we become even more acquainted with how powerful and how potent the word of God is. The word of God gives us potential. It provides promises for us. And in those promises, our power, once we engage to show us proof that God has God all by himself, and that if we trust him, he will, um, he will um, provide for us, as well as give us a passion to live and to continue to live by faith. Amen? So in that, we've been talking about breaking the code, looking at different aspects of the word of God and becoming uh, fortified in our beliefs knowing exactly what we believe, why we believe them, and, and then also developing a confident approach uh, consistently to continue in those beliefs. See, uh, God wants the word of God to be come alive in us, uh, so much so that we build um, biblical literacy through brilliance and we become brilliant Bible uh, thinkers Amen, and achievers. So there, um, I, I'm reminded of uh, the Moffat's translation of Hebrews 4, 12, and 13. For the, the logos of God is a living thing, which means the written word of God, active and more cutting than any um, sword with a double edge, penetrating the very division of the soul and the spirit joined to the marrow, scrutinizing the very thoughts and concepts of the heart, and and that is uh and that's a powerful passage that we have because we know also that if we if 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 we love God and we are called according to his purpose and we keep his word, uh the Father will love us and then he will make a home with us for a place where he can um give us insights uh to things we do not know. Now in order for those insights to be felt and realized, we have to uh, regard the word a lot higher than we do. Matthew 4, 4 says that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. And John, uh, Jeremiah 15, verse 16 said, for, I, uh, for uh, thy words were found, and I did eat them. So you have to discover exactly what the word of God is. Of course, you know, Psalms 107.20 says he sent his word and healed them. And um, the word of God causes things to be corrected and restored in the proper order. Uh, it's just an advantage to having that living word in us. And I'm reminded of what First Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 13 says, wherefore I also give continual thanks to God because when ye have heard from me the spoken word of God, you received it not as the words of men, but as, the, but as it is in the truth, the word of God, who himself works effectually in you that believes. So God wants us to uh, allow that word to take residence. But what I've also found in life is that certain things have to be pursued after those who seek find, those who knock. It will be open, right? And and God is already letting us know in Philippians four thirteen that we can do all things through Christ that strengthens us. He let us know in Psalm twenty seven that He is the strength of our life, and we should not be afraid. And we know that in uh, Philippians four nineteen He will supply all of our needs according to His riches and glory. 
We know in Psalms 121, verses 1 and 2, that our help coming from the Lord. So with all of those assistance, we, we're reminded in Philippians uh, 2, 3, that it says, for it is he that causes us both to will and do his good, good pleasure. Not only is he assisting us in providing it, but also pursuing it. Pursuing it, and we have to pursue uh, 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 in a greater measure in order to gain greater things. And I, I said this, and I want to go back over this to make certain that um, we we really are empowered. The purpose of God establishing the knowledge of His Word and and, and uh, forming His Word in a coded fashion is so that. Um, Number one, we can discover what it means to have divine dependence, divine dependence, because a lot of times people think they can intellectually and um, um, insert their own, you know, remedies to, to achieve the intellect of God. And you cannot achieve the intellect of God without God. And that is the, um, the brilliance of covenant. And I'm going to talk about covenant today, and hopefully by this lesson you'll get a greater appreciation for this. And then we have some other studies that we're going to do throughout the rest of these um, intense studies. Now, not only do you get divine dependence upon God, but secondly, you get divine identity. Uh, the power of God's word and seeking after the knowledge of God, knowing that God enables you he, 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 uh, to pursue but he also provides the proof that you need in order to attain. Uh, that truth that comes from that living word, the word of God is alive. Anybody who attaches it to their belief system lives a whole different life. Why? Because they've been identified with a whole different being, which is, the, which is spirituality, our developing our spirit. The spirit of the man is the candle of the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. We get a whole new identity. Anyone that is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him, a whole other identity. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are made new. It is a new identity. But in that identity, thirdly, there is also divine authority. Authority is something that is rarely understood. When you are authorized, that means you are given prior um, uh instruction before acting that you you uh, contain the power needed to achieve what you've been assigned to do. You know, and that's the, the authorization. And and our authorization, as we're going to talk about tonight, and I'm just giving a little plug on where we're going, is in the covenant that we have with God. The covenant that we have. Part of understanding scripture is learning covenantal language. And and a lot of times people have looked, and of course you'll hear a lot of people that have gone to school to say that a lot of people interpret the uh, an Eastern book according to a Western world. And the reason why they say that is because the covenant uh, or the book of covenant or covenant is not really understood by the Western world because a lot of of uh, the development of Western worlds was was established by conquest and not covenant, you know, because there was a lot of broken covenants that caused various um, various things to happen, deceptions and all that. 
throughout history that have um that have prevented really us understanding the bond of covenant. You know, keeping the word of God. The words that I speak, they are spirit and they are life. Right? So uh we get a fire but also we get divine competence. There's a new competence that comes with with the knowledge of God. And then ultimately you will get divine character. So we go from dependence to character in the process of attaining the knowledge of God because it's a lie. We look at a living entity. Anyone who looks intently into the perfect law of liberty will be blessed in all its doing. Why? Because the word of God is a live entity. And once you connect to it and attach to it, it causes you to receive dependence on God, identity in the spirit, authorization from God, and cause you to have divine confidence through the Holy Spirit. And then you will receive character. Amen? Now, God's intentions for mankind was for, for us to experience his life, his likeness, and his love through complying to his lifestyle that has been the archive through the word of God. And so we go through the word of God and we find out what exactly is his life. And um, depending on how well of you see all of the scriptures, you will learn that there are a lot of hidden things. Jesus introduced the, um, in the parable of the soil that is giving you unto you to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. And so ultimately there are some things that are given specifically to paint a picture to someone that's not present of truths that were preserved in times past for us to apply in the now. And those are divine mysteries. But they have to be decoded. And you have to break through to those codes. And that's what the scripture points us to. If we if we seek, if we seek, we find. Amen. Now, uh there are three levels of codes. Um Bible language um has codes that must be open in order to provoke revelation knowledge. They are number one, I'll give you the three that we're going to be discussing and we'll probably only get to two of them today. Again, but the covenant code, the context, the culture code, and then the Christ factors of the new code. All right? And then we'll, we'll, we may get into the new code in another teaching, but this is very important for you developing um, discipline in your study of the Word. Covenants are contracts between divinity and humanity that shapes customs, convictions, and agreed characteristics that is that is outlined by the um, by the testators to be preserved through a blood oath that is unbreakable. And so what happens is this book called the Bible is a blood oath. It's a blood oath. It was established by blood, preserved by blood, perfected by blood. Let me say it again so you can get it in, in your in your notes. It was presented by blood, right? It was preserved by blood, and it was perfected by blood. And what that means is because anytime you see blood, someone's bleeding, you take it seriously. If somebody gets cut, you take it serious. And and it is it is a bloody book. 
deals with the cultures and the conquests and the, and the contemporaries, all of in the scriptures, all of that can be found in this in this book of covenant. Anything that is established by a covenant is upheld by a blood oath. And the blood of the lamb perfects it. The blood of the prophet preserves it. And the blood of innocence presented. Why do I say the blood of innocence is presented? Because when earth was established and mankind was given the, the assignment of dominion and the dominion mandate, they did not, uh, the, when, uh, for redemption to take place, and the purpose of redemption was because curses were injected by the shedding of innocent blood. The consequences of not living according to covenant was curses. And so God had to bring about a plan to reverse the curse. And that process had to be also done through a covenant. So um, it's imperative that we become conscious of, of what these covenants are, okay? The scriptures were first referenced um, to humanity um, in a, a concept called canons, which are capsules of covenants, uh, uh, a circular shell that cannot break, right? A canon of scripture. And what would happen, especially when in the Hebrew and the Greek, they would write what they received from past, down insights from generation to generation. And as they would write the words of the Lord and the names of God, they would take the, um, they would take the, um, uh, the tablets <clears throat> that they wrote on, and every time they would name the name of God, they would clean themselves and wash themselves and pray and repent and go back in and write another job. And then they would come out and they would come and clean themselves because they understood they were preserving a code, a concept that had to be eventually broken in, in the future. And we have access to Christ to break the code. Why? Because we have the mind of Christ. We have, we have the message of Christ. The Holy Spirit indwelt within humanity. And then we also have the manifestation of Christ in us, the hope of glory. And if he is the manifestation of peace within us, he wants us to get the answers that we seek for. All right, now... There is a, another factor to this particular teaching called, and I know this is kind of a little different, let's talk about this covenant. Because I think there's not enough talked about in church circles on, on covenant. But as we, as we will look into covenant, I think we're going to see a beautiful thing pointed unto us. And then we'll, we, we may not finish, but we'll pick it up tomorrow on the next lesson. All right. All right. Now, 
Let's read Romans 119. For the truth about God is known to them instinctively. This is the living Bible. God has put the, this knowledge in their hearts. All right? And so God presents man looks upon the eye with appearance of God looks upon the heart. God presents covenant to us as a heart message. Uh, it says in Jeremiah 9, 23-24, Let not the wise man glory in his wisdom. Let not the mighty man glory in his might. Let not the rich man glory in his riches. But let him who glory who glories glory in this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord who practices steadfast love, justice, and righteousness in the earth. For these are the things I delight, says the Lord, in the revised standard versions. And of course, uh, it says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son Whosoever believeth in him shall have everlasting life. So the life that is in the covenant is precious, right? The Bible is divided into two divisions, the Old Testament and the New Testament, which means covenant. The word testament means covenant. The word comes from the Latin word testimonial. The more proper name for the two divisions, however, is covenant. So the Bible is really a story of the Old and the New Covenant. From now on, oh, and that's why we always say, um, uh, years ago I had begun a, um, a course in the school of ministry um, that we have here in Urban Glory called Embracing the World of Covenant. And we look um, at the scripture and lines of covenant so that way you can, you can have a greater appreciation for what God has done. And the Bible uses the word covenant, meaning a binding agreement between two parties, and the Hebrew word of covenant is bereaved. And the Greek word is dakalat. It actually means to cut covenant. The definition is in its agreement, cut uh, cut a covenant by the shedding of blood and the walking between pieces of flesh. So the two divisions in the Bible are about blood, about old blood and new blood. Blood covenant between two parties is the closest, the most enduring, the most solemn, and the most sacred of all contracts. It absolutely cannot be broken. When you enter into a blood covenant with someone, you promise to give them your life, your love, and your protection forever. Till death do you part. Marriage is a blood covenant. If you don't honor marriage as blood covenant, but God says it is. And you can look at Proverbs 2.17 and Malachi 2.14. And when the the bride, um, we also can say, uh, see the words, we use the word heart to represent a total person, okay? Blood covenant is uh, consummated when, uh, or, you know, just like in a marriage when the, uh, the hymen is broken, a blood covenant is consummated when blood is shed. And you see God says, uh, um, God honors blood. The heart is the central part of uh of of the body that keeps the blood circulating, it became the symbol of life. And that's why he often uses the word heart. And we use the word heart to represent the total person. It stands for the whole being, your whole nature, your whole life. When you love someone, it's all your heart. You love them with your whole being. When you give them your heart, heart to someone, you are giving them your total life. 
This is the essence and the spiritual uh, dynamic awakening to covenant, which God ordains in the Bible. So the Hebrews had blood covenant rituals that were similar to other nations around them. All nations practice blood covenants because man instinctively sought this relationship so that the practice was not unique to the Hebrews. You would take off your uh, coat or robe, you take off your belt, right? And these things, the first, the reason why you took off your robe to give it uh, to the person is now the robe represents the person's authority. And by taking off the robe, you're giving it to the other person. Symbolically, I'm giving you all of myself, my total being, your life I pledge to you. And when you take off the belt, the belt is, um, holds um, the armor together. So when you took off the belt, you're saying, here I am with my strength and my ability to fight. If anybody attacks you, they also are attacking me. Your battles are my battles, mine, and mine yours. I will fight with you. I help defend you and protect you. And then we also see that there was a covenant of, of the cut of the covenant. And the cut is often in the physical cut. In doing so, we are saying first, we are saying that we are dying to ourselves, giving up our rights to our own life, and beginning to walk a new walk with our covenant partner unto death. And, and, and second, the blood covenant is also the most solemn pact. We each cut down our bloody animal split into uh, in or ourselves. God do so to me, and, and even more, if I ever try to break this covenant. So you see... You see these steps um, done. You see them take off the robe, take off the belt, they cut the covenant, and then they raise their right arm and, the, and mix the blood. And the mixing of the blood, uh, of the blood intermingles, we believe our lives are intermingling and become one life. And these are things that we should always remind ourselves of when we talk about the Word of God because it is, it is our searching, searching out the word of God that advances us to become one. If ye abide in me, if ye continue in my word, be ye are my disciples indeed. Ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you true. And then it also goes on to say that if ye abide in me and my word abide in you, we have to, as believers, establish that same concept, not necessarily physically, but spiritually in our hearts. The source of life, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. You can, if you, if you guard your heart without diligence, follow the conditions of life. If you allow the word of God to flood your heart, then, then you can ask. He abided me and my word abided me. You can ask what you will and it will be given to you because you've established a covenant with his word. And, and, that's, and that's why we look at the scripture. If you study the scripture and set up your 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 discipline of study around the concept of covenant, then it will be hard for you not to be a consistent studier of the word. Then there's the exchanging of names. The exchanging of names uh, identifies to everyone else that y'all have become one. Then you make a scar so that you can always serve as a reminder when you come into terms that, that uh, you know, terms or maybe conflict that that, Covenant has been established. Okay, after you after you make a scar in the covenant, you give covenant terms, right? And and that that's when the stipulations are scrutinized and identified, and, and it modifies what is considered liberties and liabilities. 
And then after that, you also eat a memorial meal. You create a specific, specific meal. And our meal with the word is our devotion. And I'm going to talk about developing a devotional life um, and how important that is uh, to the Lord in, in another lesson. But these are the basis of breaking the code. You know, if everybody could receive everything that was given from God, they would. But the, the truth of the matter is that they can't because they have not um, established proper covenant. And you will not receive the knowledge of the will of God without developing the covenant and commitment to the things of God. Amen. So then we plant, uh, after you do a memorial meal, you plant a memorial. And those are, you plant a memorial. And that memorial, um, that planted memorial is something that generations too can also find what was done when you establish that particular, uh, that particular covenant. So when we deal with the Bible, we're dealing with a covenant book. And any time you look into that, you have to find out all you can about those covenants. All you can about those covenants. So covenants uh, develop a consciousness. And I want you to get deep. But it, the, a consciousness is a, is a way you bend your mind to, to perceive when you go to approach the matter at hand. How does your mind adjust? How does it go approach the matter that is at hand? That's your conscience. And depending on how de- developed your conscience is will help you determine whether or not you can easily identify with what is at hand. And if you can adapt to what is at hand based on what you put in it, conscience has to be developed. The scripture tells us in Romans that some people's conscience has been seared like a hot iron because they have allowed evil and corruption to so corrode their thinking. And that's why I said in, in Romans to know in twelve, uh, one through three, not no longer to be conformed to the ways of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That she might prove what is that good and perfect acceptable will of God. Amen. So here's what I want to get to. When you go to approach scripture, you need to understand when you're studying the scripture that there is a such thing as consecrated terminology. And these are the things that the translations kind of miss, mess up all the time. Because in Hebrew and, and, and Greek language, there are emotions and expressions behind the way the word is used. And those things cannot uh, uh, easily uh, overlook when you, when you retranslate concepts based on commentaries and agreements that others have come up with outside of of the Hebrew and Greek scholars that were originally interpreting um, the matters at hand. There's consecrated terminology. But not only that, there's a cultural uh, uh, birthing of divine promise, which means this. There's some things that are put in Scripture that are culturally set to bring honor to them people that cut covenant with that with that, with the culture, God respected their culture because He, he they regarded Him as God, and so um, um, anti-Semitism is not founded upon Christian principles uh, because of the fact that we regard the people that God regarded to establish the initial covenant that gives us 
access into that same covenant. And we have access through Christ, who eradicates the clashes of cultural verse based on divine promises. You know, because I don't want, you know, I want you to be able to understand when we talk about covenant, how these how it shapes out our context of our content. Some things have been set apart to be given directly uh, to God, like the names of God, Jehovah Jireh, you know, and Jessica Kedish, all the various names. But also in addition to that, there are consequences from the clashes of the system. And and, and often what we do is conflict consequences with judgment. And I'll talk about that in the Bible basis of eternal judgment. Some things are consequences. Every action has a reaction. And then some things are judgment. And God judges a certain way. And it's not temporal. He doesn't have to, with the reality of the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, he does not have to temporally judge us. He, he judges us from a higher plane, from a higher concept. And a lot of those Judgments have already been cleared through Christ. And so we don't fear judgment. We embrace God's judgment. We don't, we don't shy off of God's judgment, but we're not ignorant and negligent to disregard consequences to actions that we commit because we understand that there are laws and motions that will cause the actions irregardless of whether we are Christian or not Christian or or. Uh, or right or wrong. Do you hear what I'm saying? So, so we're talking about breaking the code. And even how we break the code, we, we identify consecrated terminology, cultural bursts out of divine promises, consequences from clashes in the system, and characteristics of, of commitment in form. Because there's some things that God will have you do that he may not have other people do because you're committed to his covenant. Case in point, Samson and the, line, the story of Samson. You know, the Nazarite. We see a whole community that regarded God without cutting their heads. And God would supernaturally empower their strength and their hair as a sign of their commitment, right? And, of course, when, when those things were not, when the commitment was reduced based on impulses of the flesh, what happened? consequences of it. And ultimately, God was more concerned about reestablishing his character than his, his current dilemma, okay? And then fifthly, a confirmation of blessing. Part of developing a, a covenant or a covenant lens of understanding is so that you can know how to identify what has been identified as a blessing. The scripture says, the blessing of the Lord maketh rich, and it's added no sorrow. Well, how do you know? <laughs> because you can look at the encounters of what people had with the Lord and establish what, is, what, what, what you can use to confirm whether your blessings are being uh, um, are being confirmed with your commitment to the covenant. 
But if you don't look at the scripture as a covenant, as a oath, as a blood book, that will never happen. Now, five major, I'll stop here. There are five major uh, major covenants in the Bible that must be understood in order to break the, the code of covenant. And these covenants all can only be understood when you have a high regard and a high knowledge or competency about the Lord Jesus Christ. And why? Because because out of out of five of them he corrected four. Write these down and we'll pick this up next week and talk about these covenants or next lesson rather <laughs> and talk about these covenants. Uh, and, and start with these and how how the Christ factor establishes a new code. And this is why we, we're learning to break codes. So you have the academic or adenic covenant. Adenic covenant, that's number one. Number two is the Abrahamic covenant. Number three is the Mosaic covenant. And number four is the Messianic covenant. And then number five is the new covenant. Let me say it again. Number one is the Adamic covenant. Number two is the Abrahamic covenant. The third one is the Mosaic covenant. The fourth one is the Messianic covenant. And the fifth one is the new covenant. Now, the codes are are established with the concept of covenant. When you when you identify what the book is, it's a blood book, and you find out the basis of why it exists, you find the culture and the context of the culture through the through the of the exchanging of the robe, the taking off the belt, the cutting of the covenant, the creating a meal, the passing that memorial, all of those steps that we went over. You develop the context of the culture of the code, and then finally you find out that there is a need for a Christ. There's a need for a Christ. Let me leave you with the, the word in Hebrews. Chapter 8, let's read, verse 1. Now of these things we have spoken this is the sum we have such a high priest who is set at the right right hand of the throne and the majesty of, of the majesty in the heavens, a minister of the sanctuary and true tabernacle, which the Lord pitched and not man. For every high priest is ordained to offer gifts and sacrifices, wherefore it is of necessity that this man also have someone also to offer. For if he were on earth, he should not be a priest seeing that there are priests that offer according to the law, which is the old covenant, who serve unto them the example of a, example and shadow of heavenly things, as to Moses and admonished of God when he was about to make a tabernacle. For see and say of he that thou makest all things according to a pattern showed to thee in the mouth. But now hath he obtained a more excellent ministry, by how much also he is a mediator of a better covenant, which is established upon better promises. For if the first covenant had been faultless, then there should be have no place have no place have been set 
sought for a second, for finding fault with them, he says, Behold, the days come I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day when I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt, because they continue not in my covenant, and I regarded them not, saith the Lord. For this is the covenant I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my laws into their minds and write them in their hearts. And I will be to them a God, and they shall be to me a people. And they shall not teach every man his neighbor and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord. For all shall know me from the least to the greatest. For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and iniquities, Will I remember no more? In that, he said, a new covenant. He has made the first old. Now that which decayeth and waxeth old is ready to vanish away. More on the next lesson. Let's pray. Father, we have just begun to learn the power of breaking codes. Father, as we go further into your study, help us become brilliant in the breaking fact. Help us become brilliant in the breaking fact. Help us know and understand you so much that we are so indwelt and intertwined with your majestic ways that we will walk uprightly before you, inwardly aware of your timing and your judgment for the days that are ahead. And for this, we praise you and we thank you for the Holy Spirit that enables us to live this Christian life. We hold regard to our faith, which is only in you, because of your Son, the Lord Jesus. Now, the Bible says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, you shall be saved. For the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Would you repeat after me? I confess with my mouth. And I believe in my heart that Jesus Christ is Lord and that God raised Jesus from the dead. I thank God for the work that he did for me. At Calvary, if you believe it, Jesus is Lord. Amen. You are born again. Welcome to the family of God. If you pray that you're still to the day of redemption, the Holy Spirit will envelop your heart so that you would have evidence for living this Christian walk. And not only in that evidence, you would have enlightenment only from the Holy Spirit that will cause you to live this Christian life. I trust that whatever you set your hands to do, you will do because greater is he that's within you than he that's within the world. The Bible will and found the Reverend Roy Kent Plains. Thank you for listening to the broadcast tonight. God bless you and good night.